Hey, Chicago, do you need a better way to find tickets for your live events? Well, RateYourSeats.com is the best way to search, compare, and buy tickets for sports, concerts, theater, and more. Quickly find millions of tickets for those upcoming baseball games or your favorite performer. Use our interactive seating charts, filters, and deal ratings to find your perfect tickets. As thanks for listening, you can go to RateYourSeats.com slash 10 to get 10% off your first order. Go to RateYourSeats.com slash 10 so we can help you create memories that last a lifetime. Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Climbing the Ivy on the Fan Sided Network. This is your host, Alex Pat, alongside Adam McGuinness. We also have a number of writers calling in from Cubby's Crib tonight, going to contribute to the show. Uh, first, we'll have Jake, and then we will have Cody. We got a lot to talk about tonight, so it's good that we have a lot of guys here. So, uh, gentlemen, how are we doing tonight? Bueno, doing well. Thanks for asking. How are you doing? Great. Jake, how are you? Fantastic, boys. Fantastic. Good to hear. Good to hear. Uh, So, guys, we are returning home to Wrigley Field. Uh, Right now, the game's not going so well. They're down 5-0. Kyle Hendricks really struggling. But they are returning from a really good road trip. They were in Pittsburgh and then New York. They took two or three from the Pirates and swept the Mets. Yes, the Cubs swept the Mets at City Field. I know, shocking, shocking. We're going to get into that. Uh, first, though, what I wanted to talk about, uh, let's get a little nostalgic here because it is relevant. Jake Arrieta made his return to Wrigley Field tonight as the Phillies are playing the Cubs. Now, Jake Arrieta is not going to pitch in this series, but he's still in Chicago. The fans still acknowledged him. They had a video tribute I think that he deserved the biggest ovation for any visiting player ever in the history of Wrigley Field, what he did, his contributions, his Cy Young, uh, helping win a World Series, uh, very well deserved. Uh, So I'll ask you guys this. Were you really happy to see Jake Arrieta back? Were you kind of, you know, feeling nostalgic again, or were you not as affected? I want to hear what you guys had to think about it. Who's going? Who's going first? Uh, We'll let our guest Jake go. Uh, I mean, he is kind of our boss, so I figure that if we don't, he might uh, fire us. So, Jake, go ahead. You brown nose. (laughs) No, you you, you two are are pretty much safe at this point. But, um, yeah, you know, on one hand, I'm really happy for Jake. I'm, I'm happy that he has the opportunity to play for, you know, a contending team. Uh, I mean, especially after the Nats go through this upcoming off season, I mean, the NL East is wide open. So good for him, uh, you know, having a, a good opportunity there and playing well. I'm, I'm happy for him. But, uh, yeah, outside of Ron Sano, Jake Arrieta is probably my all-time favorite Cub. So it is – it's tough to see him, you know, in a different uniform, not with the team. And it doesn't even have to have anything to do with you, Darvish. It doesn't matter who replaced them or how they're playing. I really couldn't care less. It's just – like you said, Alex, this guy went from nothing to 
arguably the best pitcher in baseball for three, four years. I mean, he was dominant. Even his quote-unquote down years were better than, you know, most starting pitching Cubs fans are used to receiving. And, and you know, you can't say enough good things about his his contributions and not just, you know, the stat line, but what he brought to the clubhouse and just that overall bulldog winning mentality. Yeah, for sure. What about you, Adam? I can't really say I'm feeling nostalgic about it because I, I, I think we're not that far removed from him having played for the Cubs. So I, I don't know that nostalgia is the right word for me. Um, and I don't know. I wasn't, uh, I wasn't too excited about him coming back tonight. I mean, I, it's cool, but it would have been better if he uh, was pitching in one of these games this series. But and I like Jake Arrieta a lot. Um, it's too bad that things didn't end on the, the highest of notes between Arietta and the Cubs. Uh, but I don't think there's any animosity between the two sides now. Um, and, you know, I think this is still the way it had to go. I think in the end, Jake Arietta was not going to be coming back to the Cubs. He wanted the money. The Cubs just weren't willing to commit that kind of uh, salary to him. But like Jake said, I'm happy to see that he's on a team that's playing winning ball, even if they're kind of struggling lately. But, yeah, it was uh, nice to see him back at Wrigley Field. Uh, the Cubs posted some pictures earlier today of him hugging former teammates. I liked seeing that. So, Yeah. Yeah, I don't think there's any hard feelings whatsoever. It was just one of those things where the two sides weren't on the same page. And, you know, sometimes that happens, whether it's a player and a team or even just in general in the business world. Sometimes someone's just not on the same page as their previous employer. And then, you know, they seek out a new opportunity. It happens. So I, I can't really be mad about that. At the end of the day, I'm just going to be so thankful from what we saw from Jake we saw Bob Gibson's type stuff from 14 to 16 and Cubs fans are going to remember that forever. I mean, they're going to remember the world series. They're going to remember his Cy Young season, especially the second half. I mean, that was just historically ridiculous. Uh, something really that I think a lot of people our age and anyone who just witnessed it will be telling younger generations down the road about what they witnessed from Jake Arrieta on the north side. So I was really happy uh, to see him acknowledge the crowd when they gave him a standing ovation. If you haven't seen the video yet, it's on Twitter. It's probably going to be all on the Cubs' social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all that good stuff. So it'll be very uh, easy for one to watch it if they missed it. So uh, let's move on here a little bit. Before we get into more analytics of the team right now, I kind of wanted to talk about the poll question that I conducted on Twitter last night. This isn't really anything relevant right now. It was just kind of a general historical Cubs question. Uh, Adam, I know you saw it. Jake, I'm not sure if you did, but here's the question. Here are the results. Which Cubs executive decision slash action was the absolute worst in history? The options were Brock for Brolio, letting Maddox walk, the College of Coaches, or people would comment other. 80% voted letting Maddox walk. Jake, I want to know, what would you have voted for if you haven't voted for it, and explain why? I mean, I think you... I think the reason the votes are, are slanted in my mind that way is just the demographic that would vote on a poll on Twitter. They're going to remember Greg Maddox more than they're going to remember 
the Lou Brock trade that uh, I can't really fault either one of those responses. Again, I would probably side with the people that said Maddox, but again, it's because I'm 27 and Maddox is, is you know, it's a Hall of Fame pitcher that I grew up watching. Um, I never saw Lou Brock play, but if you look at paper, it's hard to argue against Lou Brock. Both guys, Hall of Famers, anytime you lose out on either of them, it's it's never going to be forgotten. Um, but just with what he did in St. Louis, I, I probably have to go Brock, even though I'm more familiar with what Maddox did. Okay, interesting. Uh, Adam, what's your intake? So for me, I voted for Greg Maddox like most people did. I think that's the the easy and obvious answer. Uh, and there's a couple reasons why the Greg Maddox one stings more than Lou Brock. Uh, one of the reasons Jake already touched on, we're so far removed from the Lou Brock era that there's kind of a recency bias going on with Greg Maddox too. Even though the, the younger generation of baseball fans right now weren't really around to see Greg Maddox in his prime. Uh, the other reason, too, is that Lou Brock was with the Cubs just for a very brief period of time. He was only with Chicago for four years, and over those four seasons, he only hit .257. Uh, it was mm-hmm. when he went to the Cardinals that he really he turned into a Hall of Famer and had that right. that magnificent career. And so from the Cubs' perspective, I can let him off the hook because they probably didn't know what they had. You know, they maybe did not realize they had a Hall of Famer in the making. Greg Maddox is a little bit of a different story because he pitched with the Cubs until he was 27 years old. And he had some terrific, you know, obviously he was almost an entire run better over his career with the Braves than he was with the Cubs. But he still had some uh, terrific seasons with the Cubs. You want to say, him. Yeah, yeah. So to let him go at, at age 27 in the prime of his career – uh, so that one stings more just for that reason, I think. Yeah, Adam, I completely agree with you because the Cubs really mishandled Greg Maddox. They knew how good he was. They had the deal in place. And then you know, the general manager, I can't remember his name. It, he just kind of pulled out. Everything fell apart. And then he ended up going to Atlanta. I mean, that that was really a blunder on the Cubs, not bringing Maddox back. And yeah, I mean, Lou Brock was really nothing special in Chicago. He couldn't field. His hitting was mediocre at best, average at best. And, yeah, he became a Hall of Famer when he went to St. Louis. I mean, that's it, at the time the trade was made, it didn't seem that bad probably. But, I mean, you know, sometimes trades don't work out. And how many times have we seen the Cardinals get a guy who's struggled in one place and turn him into a Hall of Fame caliber player? I mean, that's, that's what they've done for so long. So, I mean, it looks terrible now, but I think in terms of just mishandling things, knowing what you had, Greg Maddox was worse. So I do agree with the votes. Um, Not a lot of votes for the College of Coaches. That was just something really dumb in the early 60s. So, you know, whatever. So I I hope that that was an interesting question for people to look at. Uh, I I wanted to change things up a little bit. Uh, So, okay, let's move on and talk about where the team is right now. And while we do that, I think it looks like uh, Cody is here. Hello, Cody, yeah, is that you? I'm here. Hey, hey what's up? I know you guys, uh, you expect me a little bit in like five minutes, but uh, I didn't know how fast my clock was, so uh, yeah. <laughs> You're fired. 
Sorry. I know I don't Isn't have that the authority to do that, but. <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll see you guys later. <laughs> okay, bye. <laughs> Thanks for coming. So yeah. uh, we're going to be kind of talking about what the Cubs did on their road trip. Uh, Cody, since you just came in, I think I'll ask you this question first. What impressed okay. you the most over this last road trip in Pittsburgh and uh New York. What impressed you the most? Um, I, I guess the the thing that impressed me the most was the the starting pitching. Uh, they were, I mean, in Pittsburgh and in New York, the the starting pitching was pretty good, and I think that's the thing that we've all been talking about. That we're waiting for them to find some consistency. Um, we even got a decent start out of Chatwood. Um, you can. You can level the mess however they are. I mean, I know their offense is horrific when they don't have Cespedes in the lineup, but, I mean, I think it's a building block for, for Chatwood for sure, even though he still walks some guys. But, I mean, he was able to – I think they went, he went six innings, um, or he, he got close to six innings against the Mets. Um, so, you know, I, I think the pitching for sure was the thing that stood out to me. Yeah, I can agree with that. Uh, Adam, what are your thoughts? For the Giants series? Or the, the, the road trip? Yeah. Oh, Mets series in Pittsburgh. Okay. I was yeah. going to say that the Chatwood start against the, the Giants made me want to pull all my hair out, but that's long. that was a long time ago. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Really, really successful road trip. The Cubs kind of needed it. They were playing a sort of mediocre ball up to that point, and so to win, what did they take, six out of seven or something like that? On the road right. trip, I yeah, think, they went six yeah. and one. Yeah, so they right. needed that. Yeah, they needed that a lot. Uh, it was good to see the bats getting rolling. Uh, the pitching was solid. The bullpen just continues to be dynamite, which is kind of flying under the radar this year, I think. I don't think the pen is getting quite enough credit. Uh, they've really been a sturdy rock for the Cubs so far. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, now, I'll ask you guys this. Which one of those wins against the Mets was your favorite? Mine, personally, even though I, di- I didn't really catch most of it, uh, was the game where they had to go 14 innings and they still won 7-1. to I just loved it because it was so <laughs> weird. I-, I don't know what your opinion on that is. Uh, well, I actually watched the entire game. Um I I can I can see what you mean by in terms of weirdness. I mean, I feel like it could have ended earlier if Madden would have pitch hit for Farrell whenever I think the Cubs had two guys on and it was like the twelfth, and he had Farrell hit anyway, and they already had one out, so oh, naturally he strikes out, and then you got to rely on a two out hit, and that didn't come through, so then essentially they had to play a few more innings. But I mean, I know he said after the game that Farrell was going to pitch him until they didn't have a lead or until they had the lead, I guess you could technically say. Um, but um, I can I see what you say, um, what you're saying. I, my favorite game, honestly, was Sunday just because, you know, Bryant and Rizzo didn't play at all. And it kind of seemed like they, the Cubs weren't playing to lose, but they were playing as if they knew they won the series. And, like, um, yeah, it seemed like they just wanted to get some rest. So the fact that they, that they swept the Mets in the final game with – Without Brian and Rizzo, they basically didn't use any of their bullpen. They used like 
I mean, Rosario's really impressed me in his few outings. And then I can't remember who else pitched in that game, but they didn't use any of their major um, bullpen relievers, and they only won 2-0. to zero, So they were in high-leverage spots. Um, so, yeah, Sunday's game was definitely my favorite just because it, it was just icing on the cake more for me because it's like, all right, we won three. If we, win, if we lose the day, it's fine. Like, you still take three out of four. You got a really good road trip. You got some confidence going back to Wrigley. And Lester looked really good again. Right, yeah. That arguably was – arguably it might have been Lester's best best performance of the season. I, I know he's gone into the seventh inning multiple times, so that's arguable. But, uh, yeah, he's he's continuing to look great. And, you know, I, I think we talked last week and I said, you know, Lester's looked way better than what we expected. So, uh, he keeps this up. The, the Cubs should be seeing October for sure. Absolutely. Adam, what was your favorite game? So I'm with you. The 7-1 to one game was my favorite for a few different reasons. Uh, first of all, 17 hits for the Cubs. That's cool. Uh, second off, Mike Montgomery in a spot start pitched really well. Six innings, mm-hmm. and I think just, yeah, he, oh, yeah, I think he gave up the run. Uh, but either way, that's that's a really great start for him. He's pitching much better lately. And uh, finally, uh, most of all, because the Cubs struck out 24 times, the, <laughs> Met, the, Mets, the Mets recorded 24 strikeouts and still managed to lose, which is only something the Mets could pull off. So I'm going to remember that one for a while. It's got a special place in my heart because I hate the Mets. That's that, I, that's a good factoid. I totally forgot about that. I remember being so annoyed <laughs> in that game from that. Oh, uh, yeah. It really is a funny stat. You got to love weird baseball. Yeah. I mean, especially when yeah. you win. Hashtag right. weird baseball. <laughs> right on. For sure. Weird ball. So we had to say goodbye to our uh, great boss, Jake. He had to hop off, so we thank him for coming on the show. So it's going to be me, Cody, and Adam going forward. Hopefully uh, someone else can hop in here or there. But, uh, yeah, we're going to move forward to moving forward. So the month of June (laughs) is a bit more difficult for the Cubs in terms of scheduling. There aren't a lot of off days. They have to play a good number of division games. This includes the Brewers. This includes the Cardinals and the Pirates. Uh, so we have our first home series against the Cardinals coming up, and then we play the Brewers again, and then another home series against the Pirates. So looking forward to the schedule, would you guys say that this is a really important month of the season? Because you really do want to win a lot of these division games. Um, okay, I guess I'll go first. Um, yeah, I mean, this month definitely is important, um, you know, because we've all been talking about how the Cubs haven't, you know, taken off like maybe we had expected them to. Um, I think a lot of us going into the season thought that they'd probably be in first and maybe, you know, five games up. If I mean, if we were, if we were really thinking about it in like before April. Um, so to see that they're right there with the Brewers right now, it's not disappointing, but it's uh, to me it's a little surprising. It's to me it's surprising that they haven't played as well as we thought. And um, so yeah, I think this month is huge, especially with you know the division games, um, and they have to play the Dodgers twice on the road and and at home. So um, I mean that's a that's potentially a, a big. Those two series are huge 
and because they're starting to finally pick it up and play like the team they're supposed to play. Yep. Play like so. Um, you know, there's not many gimme series. I know the Pirates are struggling right now, so um, they're playing down to what we thought they would be. But they're starting to, and then they have the the Reds as well. But then after that, it, it's like you know you got Milwaukee, who like we know is pretty good, and they're not they're not slowing down right now. St. Louis is always a tough series, and you, like I said, the two Dodger series, and then the Twins at the end of the month. So, I uh, I mean, yeah, I think it's a big month and. I'm not saying that they need to like move way ahead in the standings that would change everything in division. I don't think that that's something that they need to do. I mean, it would be wonderful, but it's definitely a big month in terms of just, you know, staying in the division and, you know, trying to build some momentum going into the all-star break. Yeah, for sure. You just kind of want to hang tough with them. Uh, Adam, what are your thoughts on the schedule coming up? It's going to be tough, but they're big boys. They can handle it. Not a lot of off mm-hmm. days coming up. But, yeah, this is going to be a really important uh, stretch here. Three divisional series in a row. So they're going to need to impress us. But I'm not particularly worried about it. I'm not stressing because I think this uh, road trip was the beginning of the Cubs, quote-unquote, taking off. So, you know, even though they're playing kind of a clunker of a game tonight, I do think they are riding some serious momentum into this uh, this uh, divisional stretch. And the Pirates have not been great lately. They are not hitting well. So that that might not be a, too difficult a series. The Brewers are still playing really well, and obviously they're in first place. But uh, I'm most looking forward to the Cardinals. Uh, Lester versus Waka in that opening game in St. Louis should be really cool. But uh, otherwise, you know, I don't want to say that the Cubs have something to prove over this this uh, long stretch, but uh, they do need to keep doing what they're doing. They need to, to keep the momentum going. Yeah, exactly. I think that series against the Cardinals is probably something that Cubs fans are looking forward to the most. They really want, myself included, and I bet you guys agree too, really want to get revenge for that sweep in St. Louis because, as we talked about on this show, that was as gut-wrenching of a sweep as we've seen in the regular season, probably in the Joe Madden era. That was one of the poll questions we took. It was It was definitely up there. So, yeah, you're going to want to, A, get revenge for that, and, B, you got to beat your biggest rival. Even though the Brewers are probably – quote, the biggest because of where they are in the division, I'd still consider the Cardinals obviously the biggest rival, and you're going to want to start beating them as well as the Brewers. So, yeah, it's going to be a really interesting month. And, Adam, you brought up the whole taking off idea, and that was a concept that I did want to talk about with you guys. Are we seeing this team really come together? Adam, it seems like you're voting yes on that. Cody, what do you think? Um. Yeah, I mean, you know, going <laughs> the last game I went to was that what ten to one clunker against the Indians at Wrigley in their last home series, and then they yeah. got were getting no hit the next day, and, and into the sixth inning and then lost like one or two to nothing. So you get swept by the Indians, you have an off day, and then you got, and then you you host the Giants, then you go on the road to, um, who did they Pittsburgh, and then you had the Mets series, and you know going into that you're just kind of like man. Like, I don't know what I'm thinking about this team right now. And then they go off and, you know, win two out of three against San Francisco. 
then they play really well uh, the next two series as well. So it, I feel like – I don't know if they're taking off, but they're definitely pl- at least playing better against teams that they should be. Because the Mets, I mean, they were hot in April, but they've really felt like fallen off yeah. here over the last month because of injuries and, you know, like I said, they don't have Cespedes in the lineup. They just cannot hit. And then – um, the Pirates, like Adam said, you know they're they're really struggling right now too. So I don't want to say that they're taking off. I would like to see them if they can play. They're playing like this over the next two weeks. You know, if they win two out of three against Philadelphia and take care of business against Pittsburgh again, and then the key week against Milwaukee and St. Louis. I mean, if they win at least one of those series, I feel like I could essentially say that yeah, they're, they're starting to finally really take off if they play well over the next two weeks. I just, I would just like to see them play well against teams that are better than the teams that they've played. Yeah, I I pretty much agree with you there. I think that it's a good sign that we're seeing. We're seeing the improvements and some of the fundamental things that have been kind of frustrating early on in the season. I feel like the offense is a bit more spread out. I feel that the starting pitching is, playing a little better despite that you Darvish is, you know, injured. So he may not be playing, but the others are clunker for Kyle Hendricks tonight, but Quintana's put together some good starts. John Lester keeps doing pretty well. Yeah. Tyler Chatwood's been up and down, but key guys like Quintana, Lester. Yeah. 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 He was better. Like I said, Chatwood had a building block start in his last appearance. And that's all you can ask from a guy that's your number five starter who's been struggling, in my opinion. Yeah, I think I would rather watch Montgomery take his spot right now because he's, he's being fantastic. But it's just like, I don't know. They're, I think they're going to stick with Chatwood as long as they can until it's just too late. You know, like, like in our last show, I think I said I'd give him till the end of June. But I just think that, you know, his last appearance, it was a building block, and hopefully he can take that into his next start. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Hopefully with the way everything is trending, you know, for the better, for the most part, Tyler Chatwood would follow suit. Um, I think we're also seeing, we're still seeing some kind of boneheaded mistakes uh, every now and then, but I feel like fundamentally the team just has looked a little smoother uh, overall. So hopefully they could just kind of keep building on this. Hopefully they can just stick with all the other teams um, I, I, the Brewers are due to go in a little bit of a slump and they might, uh, the Cardinals, they're kind of interesting because there are days where the Cardinals, a, a stretch of games where they look like contenders and there are days where they look kind of like the mediocre Cardinals of the last few years. So but you can never take yeah. them for granted. They're still a good team. They're still going to be in the fight. So I, I guess and overall Molina back too. Yeah, exactly. So I think that the Cubs just have to worry about winning ball games, worry about themselves. Obviously, you're going to be thinking about division opponents when you're playing them, but I don't think they spend too much time worrying about what the other teams are going to do. They're just kind of focusing on themselves. And if you do that, stay focused, uh, try to win some more ball games, then things will come into place. We've seen it the past few years. Still a long, long way to go. You can't draw any conclusions yet, but you know, I'm feeling pretty good overall where things are going, even if, you know, they have a few clunker games here or there because it's baseball. That's going to happen. Uh, so we have about 15 minutes left. Um, 
I was going to ask you guys this question. Is there a player right now, a single yes. player that, <laughs> you know what, Adam, I'm going to ask Jake what? if I can fire you. <laughs> Do it. You won't. Fired. We're going to have a so, fan-sided. <laughs> we're going to have a fan-sided. I'll, I'll Game of Thrones this thing if I have to, man. You you take your best shot, but I'm going to end up on the fan-sided Iron Podcast throne. Yeah, right. Oh, In your dream. Well, anyway, proceed. Thank you. So, um, welcome. Is there one guy right now that you guys feel like isn't getting enough credit for what he's doing right now? Recently or overall this season, one player on the Cubs, um, Adam, I'll be nice despite your comments. I'll let you go first. Uh, is there a player that's standing out to you right now? So, yeah, recently, and I was going to say this before, I don't know if there's anything to it, but I almost wonder if Anthony Rizzo getting hot has something to do with the rest of the team kind of clicking because he is one of the longest tenured guys on the team at the moment. And when you're, when the leader of the team is playing poorly and not doing much to contribute, I think that almost has kind of an infectious uh, effect on the rest of the team. So now that he's really heated up, I, I think that it might have something to do with the rest of the guys just uh, moving right along too. Now he's got his batting average up to 247, which obviously is not good, but if you consider where it was two weeks ago, uh, then you realize he's just been on fire lately. So Anthony Rizzo is kind of my key guy at the moment. Yeah, I know. I could definitely agree with that. Once, when Anthony Rizzo is doing well, it seems like it correlates with the Cubs doing well. Uh, Cody, what about you? Uh, uh, I don't know. I I feel like Addison Russell's been playing a lot better. I'm, I know like three weeks ago we were all just hammering him because he could not hit. Um, like he def he was he did not hit well in April at least, and there were he had his spurts in May. Um, but in this road trip he was pretty good too. So I feel like he's a uh, I'm not saying he's not getting enough credit or maybe he is or something. I'm not sure. I, I don't really have one particular player. He's, he's just one that comes to my mind first because he's just you know like one of those players. Uh, uh, you know what's interesting so, about the, the Russell thing? Because uh, like with all the talks of Machado too and everybody speculating on who they would trade if they went after Machado, Addison Russell and Ian Happ, are, they never play well at the same time. When Addison Russell is struggling, Ian Happ is on fire. And when Ian Happ is struggling, Addison Russell is on fire. So we keep going back and forth on who we're willing to let go in a a uh, trade uh, situation. But uh, that's something right. I find uh, somewhat interesting. It would be kind of cool if both guys could get going at the same time. But I've kind of cooled down on Ian Happ. I'd, I'm so back and forth with that guy. Yeah, Ian Happ also, he's he had such a horrendous April, but this past month he he uh, got it going a little bit finally. Um, I I still feel that the reason he hasn't been able to at least put together consistency enough consistency to play every day is just the fact that he's not playing every day. I think if he played every day, he would he would probably be able to 
uh, get into some kind of groove, but, I mean, we could argue about the Cubs' outfield situation all I day. So, <laughs> I think the, the flip side of that coin, though, is that if you're striking out at a 40% rate, then you probably shouldn't be playing every day if you've got a different That's option. True. Right. Well, you know, Joe Madden gave him the, the chance in April. I mean, he was playing every day basically in right. April, but, you know, he just did not adjust to the leadoff position very well, and, you know, we pretty much had another Kyle Schwarber leadoff situation again, and I'm – I mean, it is what it is. I, but I don't know if it. I don't know if it had so much to do with him being a leadoff hitter, or he just started off cold. Because um, we know he had a huge spring. So I mean, I just, I, I guess you can't really take that too much into a factor, as we all like to. I know in the spring we all like to point out the the players that are hot. Um, but yeah, I, mean, I, I would point. I, to me, you know, guys like Ian Happ and Aston Russell, they I'm not it's mainly Russell, not as much Happ, but because Russell plays more. I think when he's when he's on, when he's making plays defensively and you know getting one of the clutch hits for the Cubs, because he seems to always be one of those guys in my eyes. He it just makes the Cubs that much better uh, because no one's really expecting it from him. Um, as they are for like Brian and Rizzo and everyone else. And Ben Zobris, another guy too. He's made a huge comeback year and he's playing really well. And I actually love him at the leadoff spot right now. I, because of the Cubs outfield situation, I feel like if they didn't have as many guys, then I feel like Zobris would play every day. But, uh, you know, well, if he was we 10 years younger. Yeah, that too. But he's for a 37 year old, <laughs> Uh, second baseman and outfielder, he's having a heck of a season. So, like, sometimes I just wonder, you know, what what they could do to play him more because he just seems like he's doing okay. But at the same time, you know, since he's 37, you want to give him rest. So it's just the you got to find that happy medium for him on how much you're going to play him. Yeah, I'm really happy with Ben Zobrist, what he's done this year. He gives you a professional at bat every time. He's taking walks. He's getting hits. And though he was slugging a little bit more in the recent series, he's not really one to, like, you know, drive the ball out of the park or anything like that. He's just – he's getting on base. He's hitting singles. He's kind of spraying the ball everywhere. I mean, currently right now he's slashing 306, 395, and 465. So the slugging was actually higher than I thought. I mean, he could still hit those doubles down the line. He's got four home runs on the year, so he doesn't have, you know, incredible power like I said. He was never really known for being a big power hitter, but, boy, you really got to like what you're seeing from him. I mean, even just the at-bats are really good. So far, he's taken, let's see, 22 walks in 167 plate appearances. He's got 44 hits. Yeah, I mean, just looking really good with that. And he's come up with some big hits, too, you know, not just – like driving in big key runs. You, you really got to like that. Yeah. He's in the middle of everything. Whenever is a key moment that might be the Cubs most clutch player. Yeah. And I think uh, there's a certain hit on, Oh, let's say November the third, technically uh, two, 2016. I don't know. I don't know why that dates coming to me or what, you know, I don't know if you know what that means, but it, it just won the world series that year. Uh, what do you know? That. It was the Chicago Cubs. Did you guys know? Oh that? yeah, it was. People forget that. Don't they? They yeah, do. People, people forget that. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Huh. For sure. I had no idea. Kept forgetting. Sorry. Oh, yeah, it's okay. I forget a lot, too. I think everyone does. That's why I need to keep reminding people. It, it needs. <laughs> I need to remind myself in the process. That's why I do it. <laughs> oh, goodness. So, hey, Adam, since we have about 10 minutes left, do you have any games for us to play this evening? I know I'm kind of putting you on the spot here, but I think it'd be fun for the three of us to play a game. Okay, um... Let's just do – I didn't prepare anything. Dang it. But uh, we'll, we'll just resort to something we've done a few times. We'll just do yay or nay. On, uh, and Somebody make a, a proposition what the Cubs should do or the league, and the other people can tell you uh, why you're dead wrong. So, yeah, we good with that? Yeah, that sounds good. Why don't you get us started? Okay. Get started? Okay. Yay or nay, the league should ban the shift. Nay. For why? Yeah, I'm with him there too. Oh, I, 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 okay. I didn't know if I needed to wait for Alex there. Um, why? Um, uh, you wait your turn. Know. I'm just kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> um, I don't know. Uh, I, as much as I don't like the shift, I also like it because it'll help the team that I'm cheering for <laughs> out more often than not. Because the way defensive metrics work now, it's just ridiculous so uh i feel like it's i wouldn't say that it's good or bad for the game i just think it's just smart baseball okay alex well i'm gonna say nay because i feel like it's gonna be kind of hard to enforce that i mean obviously shifts can be obvious it's like okay your third baseman is in shallow right field but you know you can shift around without really moving out of your position. So I feel like banning the shifts could cause a lot of uh, arbitrary arguments or kind of unclear rules. So I just feel like it would cause more problems. You know, the shift is an interesting thing that has been implemented in baseball the past decade. I mean, when I was a kid, you never really thought about the shift a lot, but 2008, 2009, 2010, it's, probably the time you really started seeing it come around and you know you almost got to give a team credit they're willing to sacrifice a whole side of the field because they have scouting reports on certain hitters so you know the shifts can be annoying but I don't really see why you'd want to ban it okay I'm I'm proud of both of you I was prepared to rip you guys like velcro if either one of you had said yay uh banning the shift is the dumbest thing ever okay if you all you have to do is bunt okay if you're a major league baseball player and you can't put a bunt down to the other side then get the hell out of the league you're not good enough um and if you aren't willing to learn how to bunt or hit the other way then get the hell out of the league do your job right um that's like saying uh you can't do deep uh cover uh, cover three in football doesn't make any sense you know Adjust. Adjust on the fly. But the, the only people uh, wanting to ban the shift are derpy, bird-brained millennials anyway who don't really uh, – I don't even know if they like baseball. I think they just like uh, – I think they just think it's trendy to say they like baseball. And so they just go with whatever the they, – they're just throwing out all these flamethrower opinions and always wanting to change the rules and all this kind of stuff. So, just, no. Just – 
No. As the kids these days say, I can't even. Anna, why don't you go over to the couch and sit down, cool down for a bit, you know, maybe take in some Wheel of Fortune and uh, rock on to sleep there. I'm just going to take an Advil real quick. and Yeah, you do that. After. So while you do that, <laughs> I will ask uh, the next question. Yay or nay? The Cubs will eventually work Mike Montgomery into the starting rotation, whether it's replacing someone permanently, or not permanently, but for multiple weeks to a month, or going with the six-man rotation. And I'm not just talking like, you know, within the next month or so. I'm saying any point in the season, yay or nay. Who's going first? Uh, Cody, why don't you go ahead? Oh, okay. I had my hand up first. But well, that's okay. Bad. Sucks to suck. <laughs> um, I'll I'll go yay. Um, only because I think that I just don't know what to think about Tyler Chatwood. And I know we talked about how he had a decent start in his last appearance, but I just I still don't know. And you know, it's going to come down to the point where they're going to have to make a decision on if they're going to put him in the bullpen to see if he can fix his confidence and in which putting Montgomery in his spot or just ride with him. And I just don't see why they, if he, if he does struggle throughout June, then I just don't see why they wouldn't make that switch, especially with how good Montgomery has been in his, his two spots, spot starts. So, um, yeah. All right, Adam. Yeah, I hate to give kind of an identical answer to Cody there, but yeah, I'm going yay too because I've at this point kind of lost faith in Tyler Chatwood. I still believe that he probably could get things turned around and be more consistent, but uh, at this point in time, I don't honestly in my heart of hearts believe he will. I'd be surprised if he does, and so I kind of am anticipating them uh, moving Montgomery into that spot for an extended period of time. And I think it would be as a fifth starter. I really don't see the Cubs going to a six-man rotation for a long stretch. I I don't think they would do that. Yeah, that's fair. That's totally fair. And I think that there's going to be a point where Mike Montgomery is going to have to continue to make spot starts for multiple reasons. But, hey, he's proven to be pretty reliable when it comes to that. So, if it's going to be anyone, I'm glad it's Mike Montgomery because his last few starts looked really, really good. Uh, well, guys, I would love to continue to play yay or nay, but we're pretty much out of time tonight. Um, <laughs> I want to thank so you guys. Oh, I'm so wow, you, are mean. you know, just, just for that, <laughs> Cody, well, he's really fast, right? Lightning fast. And we won't even uh, like give a long answer, yay or nay. Uh, give us something. Okay, yay or nay. Uh, runners on base for extra innings. Nay, 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 nay. Are you, are you high? No. <laughs> okay, that was no, Adam's no. answer. Thank you. Get out of here. I was just thinking about it earlier today, and uh, that's the one thing that came to my mind when you put me on the spot. So. That's what you get. Well, good. No, I'm glad you, I'm glad you asked that uh, because uh, you, you got a question in. So, cool. Right. 
All right, well, uh, everyone, thank you for listening to uh, tonight's episode of Climbing the Ivy. I want to thank Jake, Cody, and I guess I'll thank Adam for coming on to the show. Uh, Pleasure talking to you guys. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, sure. Awesome, awesome. So we will see you guys next week for another episode of Climbing the Ivy. Until then, have a good night. Have a good week. We will see you next time. Hey, Chicago, do you need a better way to find tickets for your live events? Well, RateYourSeats.com is the best way to search, compare, and buy tickets for sports, concerts, theater, and more. Quickly find millions of tickets for those upcoming baseball games or your favorite performer. Use our interactive seating charts, filters, and deal ratings to find your perfect tickets. As thanks for listening, you can go to RateYourSeats.com 10 to get 10% off your first order. Go to RateYourSeats.com 10 so we can help you create memories that last a lifetime.